Welcome back to Mechanical Freak, that podcast you all know and love with the three scorps on deck. I'm Munya. I'm Greg. I'm Brian. Uh-oh, I was, I was not quite ready for that. I feel like we're all sticking our heads like, you know, like there's a doorway and you're like sticking yeah. your head out first. I'm Munya and then Greg's head is <laughs> up on top and the vine up on top. You got to get like, kind of like a theme song for that, like Munya, Greg, and Brian. <laughs> oh, and we're back another week. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that that's the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can make that happen. We uh, Look, guys, if we get up to um, 150 patrons, uh, we will consider. 200, Whoa. we will consider that more. When we get when we cross that threshold, we will finally institute the changes everybody's been asking for more vaudeville style comedy on my yeah. freak. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Greg's a purveyor of movie magic, so we can make this happen. So yes. in this get, get uh, on that grind, guys. Get us more patrons. Audio medium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we are back. Uh covering the usual beats that we cover uh fresh off of our little do we say hiatus i don't really know um but you know just kind of coming down from the batman still if you haven't listened to our (laughs) patreon uh episode of the batman uh and if you really like the batman you should go listen to it we have a lot of things to say about it especially if you really like the batman yeah no if you really liked it you know it's very popular movie we have a lot of thoughts we're we were really excited to talk about it so uh go ahead and give it a listen but uh we have a couple of uh stories of our own that we want to cover today we're off of the movie beat uh at least for this week and we're going to be talking about some union busting. Uh, shocker that there's more union busting from our uh, favorite co-ops uh, that we all know and love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, one of our freaks found and uh, gave to us this amazing article uh, on the MSNBC opinion pages, which got to say, uh, excited to learn that's a thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> but this article is titled REI's Union Busting Podcast Shows How Diversity Programs Can Be Abused. And I gotta say, right off the bat, I don't like its anti podcasting uh, messaging right off the beginning, but you know. It's typical corporate media, typical MSNBC to frame it as the podcast's fault. We <laughs> are people too. All right. We do good work. When will the pod podcast bros stop? You know, it's um, just the lamestream media. It's a, it's a continuation of the Bernie bro narrative. Honestly, fuck these guys. <laughs> All right, so I figure I'll read some snippets here for you guys because uh, this article uh, does rock. Um, okay, so REI's behavior has been a source of disappointment to some of its loyal customers. REI might be a multi-billion dollar profit-seeking operation, but has long presented itself as a progressive company that claims to, quote, put purpose before profits in its sales of equipment and apparel. The company is a consumer cooperative. Customers (laughs) can buy lifetime memberships for $20 to become consumer owners. Some (laughs) profits are shared with members and employees, who can buy into the cooperative consumer program. 
consumer cooperative is that's that's some bleak neoliberal shit that <laughs> is it's, that's what i mean everybody thinks of as a co-op like i've belonged i've been a consumer member of the rei co-op REI. for uh you know i don't know 20 years um greg is this what you're doing with our freak money are you giving 20 dollars a month to rei no, 20 dollars a month no, 20 dollars no no once once it only costs one you pay for it once so it's actually oh, not it's a like bad deal you actually like buy a steak it's basically like buying a steak yeah, in yeah. rei so it's, like and it's only twenty dollars packers incredible you know, that yeah, it's yeah, still yeah, exactly. only twenty dollars um yeah. But uh, yeah, almost so, like the shares aren't really real. <laughs> yeah, well, they no, they because you don't get no, you don't have a stake. All it's just a, it's a, it, it amounts to a loyalty program, and that's it. Um, I don't know of any. Maybe I'm wrong, but I never read whatever they send me. But maybe I don't think you can even like vote in anything. Um, they just give you if you pay for full price for something not on sale, you get it. 10% off at the end of the year in the form of a dividend, you know, you know, also PCC is the same thing, right? Though at least you, you can like vote in some, some things, some like big top line things at PCC, though. I think it's mostly, um, meaningless, but it's also way more expensive. It's like 60 bucks, which is why though for the last like four years, I've almost exclusively shopped at PCC cause it's right next to my house. I've never, joined and thus have not gotten any dividend out of the thousands of dollars i've spent there exclusively shop at pcc what's it like to be rich greg look man it's you know it's about choices (laughs) i choose to spend my money on healthy health some organic food uh that happens to be barely less convenient than 7-eleven they're open till 11 o'clock too so you know really not, not really late but whatever um you know Waco, a grocery which is store an actual in this worker town. cooperative uh open much later but anyways so but rei is not a worker cooperative a company no. where employees own and manage the organization efforts by some of its employees in new york to form a union represent their bid to have meaningful non-symbolic input into their pay work conditions and how they're managed but the company has deployed a rather cunning tactic to suppress that effort Using outwardly progressive diversity, equity, and inclusion infrastructure and language to disarm and distract employees from joining that agenda. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if you had that in your bingo card of where this was going, I mean, come on. Yeah, the libs are it, at it again. Yep. In an unusual move, REI chose to address the unionization effort by publishing what it calls a podcast. That audio recording, casually titled Podcast with Eric and Wilma. (laughs) Wow, really, really shitting on the medium. Yeah, coming from a low effort podcast, that's low effort. Um, That is like, come on, man. At least get people mad with your fucking podcast title, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not even having fun with it. Yeah. so yeah, titled uh, podcast with Eric. You should call it like, "Busted with <laughs> with CEO and Chief Diversity <laughs> Officer." <laughs> <laughs> well, podcast with Eric and Wilma is a conversation between the company's CEO Eric Arts and REI's Chief Diversity and Social Impact Officer Wilma Wallace. 
the implicit framing is that Wallace, as a guardian of inclusivity, is interrogating Arts on behalf of the employees. In reality, the entire conversation is a heavily scripted setup where she lobs Arts softballs and allows him to cloak himself in the rhetoric of social justice. I did listen to this. Um, is that, wait, hold this on. Is... Was this part of your membership? Did you listen to this part of your membership? <laughs> yeah. No, no. It was, well, maybe they've done more recently, but I remember listening to the first one they put out right when the Union Drive started or was announced. They put out a like, well, why do we not think the union is right for us? Um, but it, that was like a month ago. So I don't know. Maybe they've done more. And this is the latest episode. They're doing just a union busting, like ongoing podcast. I, no, I, I subscribe to this actually on Pocket Cast. And the latest episode is about the Batman. So mm. looking forward to listening. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no need to subscribe to our Patreon then. <laughs> there you go i guess you got one right there <laughs> <laughs> riddle me this uh if workers <laughs> control the, the the rei then where will my money come from <laughs> um right off the bat wallace set the tone with equity language that includes an acknowledgement of the history of native americans in the u.s <laughs> saying i, I use die. she her pronouns <laughs> and i'm speaking to you today from the traditional lands of the ohlone people this is my favorite thing about the modern period that we live in this rocks i'm glad this is this is what the worst people on earth do before every fucking you know before they come out basically tell you you're gonna eat shit (laughs) it rocks yeah i mean it's uh you know it's an easy dig but like this is the this is the weakness of like a politics of like symbolism and statements you know uh it can be co-opted uh, very easily because it doesn't actually challenge anything, you know? When it doesn't ever involve a commitment to anything, as you notice, because uh, my favorite is always when politicians do this, and it's like, you know, uh, instead of this idiot fucking statement that uh, nobody cares about, you could uh, do anything to help these people out. Yeah. <laughs> like well, anything it's right, at all. <laughs> it's right in the name. It's an acknowledgement. And that is yeah. what like liberalism is is there to do to acknowledge uh the injustice and pain to bear witness to it and uh then move on you know and that's you know you know it's it's a night it's look the sentiment of this stuff comes from a a good place originally but that when it when uh when it becomes a symbol that is more broadly understood it can be more broadly co-opted i mean it's that simple you know they're not they're not like they didn't say open it by saying hey you know we're recording this uh from uh you know within a crowd of largely native protesters protecting water they like no we just acknowledge that these people exist you know yeah we acknowledge they exist and now moving on to the continual pro- the continual profit you know um, yeah the continual process of of the uh enclosure and uh theft of uh land material and profit yeah from from this continent do you do you think all those like germans that moved into their neighbors houses in like 1942 or whatever they were like look i acknowledge i'm standing on jewish land <laughs> but 
know. Yeah, I'm Land sure. I'm done. sure the no Israelis worries. do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, in uh, yeah, East Jerusalem. Well, in, or whatever. I mean, definitely. I mean, especially like in like Tel Aviv. I bet they, you know, I mean, there's like a whole like woke woke Israeli thing where they're you know like well speak in woke language but then be like uh yeah but i mean this is our land we're indigenous to this place but i mean like you know (laughs) like we we get to be here still (laughs) not not as far as like we're indigenous here but like you know like basically well the real truth is no they don't and no the germans didn't and that's why this appeals to liberals right yeah, because they can be better than these uh, settler imperialist cultures that, uh, including the ones of America's, the culture of America's own past, that you know would sweep these things under the rug and tell a bunch of lies about them. But you know, we're we're here to uh, speak the truth, and that to them, that is them. Uh, that is them on their best day. A liberals just speaking the truth, you know? Yeah. I just hope I live long enough to see an Israeli ge- general do like a Palestinian land acknowledgement before like ordering an artillery strike on an elementary school. Um, well, well I, I'll tell you that won't happen because you do these things after the victory is total. Yeah. After yeah. No, the this genocide is, this is, the is so down. Yeah. You, you celebration. Uh, it's you know this is a common settler colonial uh thing that's gone on for you know hundreds thousands of years probably. You when you have all but exterminated the people whose land you're taking over, then you start to venerate them and yeah, take yeah. Uh, imagery from their culture into your own. And you you I then start to identify. So once like uh, there's the five people not left, a make Palestinian them dance for outside you. of Gaza in Israel, then Israelis will start saying, you know, we're all sort of Palestinians uh, in a way, and they'll start like adopting like a few like they'll be like, you know what, hummus actually is Palestinian <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll be, they'll, it'll, you know, they'll have their own like noble savage uh, tradition about, about the Palestinians. Well, yeah. I mean, they're like most annoying politicians will remind people that they're part Palestinian princess. Uh, by yeah. Way, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> this is uh, exactly what happened in Seattle at the turn of the 20th century. Uh, for you history heads mm-hmm. out there, there's a guy named Cole Thrush who wrote a book called Native Seattle that's very good about that. But that's Brian's book tip of the week. Um. <laughs> Native Seattle. So, arts, yeah, arts responded in kind. For those of you who I have not had the chance to meet, I use he, him pronouns, and I'm speaking to you today from the traditional lands of the Coast Salish peoples. Oh, oh my God. It's just so God. funny. I also like the he, him pronouns. Like I, I like the CEO of REI doing this. Like I use he, him pronouns. Also, if you get within 20 feet of me and try to talk to me, uh, I'm going to have my bodyguard murder you. <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> While the matter at hand is employees trying to form a union due to a long list of concrete grievances around how they're treated in the workplace, Wallace used the modish vocabulary of identity-based activism to prompt arts to talk about acknowledgement of feelings. <laughs> look, look, we can't really fault him for, like, uh giving his pronouns because it's an expression it is symbolic it is uh you know almost in his part purely political um but you know it's an expression a political expression of solidarity with people who exist outside of the oppressive gender bi binary um and as a he him they uh i get behind that uh totally hollow political uh symbolic expression yeah it's an expression of solidarity unless of course the uh those they thems happen to be uh people trying to unionize within an rei yeah right in which case then uh, he'd like to order a tactical strike um <laughs> so well, let's hear what they have to say all right this is from the podcast I do know one of the themes that we've heard as we've been out talking to employees is that not everyone feels seen or heard, she said at one point. How would you respond to that, Eric? Arts replied that, quote, it is absolutely true and a sign that something didn't work. He reciprocated Wallace's DEI-inflected language, emphasizing recognition of experience without offering any substantive policy changes. Quote, I know that, I see that, I take responsibility for that, and I own that, he said. Uh, so, of those things of, of knowing, seeing, taking responsibility, and owning, which one of those things do you think he cherishes most? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. At other points, Arts mentioned, for no particularly relevant reason, how the company has, quote, big aspirations on societal issues like racial equity. <laughs> would I love to her. have big aspirations on that. I would love to hear him go on about that. I, I, this is yeah. bad podcaster uh, shit on the part of Wilma. She needed to be like, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I'm curious. But the bulk of the conversation was, in fact, Arts making an argument against his staffers unionizing. In a classic bit of anti-union rhetoric, the CEO said he appreciates unions and believes that they're important in other workplaces, but they're not a fit for REI because they could, quote, impact our ability to communicate and work directly with our employees. Now, j just remember that this is the line for line verbatim, the same fucking argument that Ezra Klein used against Vox people unionizing. Too. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Line for line. They're all working out of the same law firm playbook. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's been a day in my life uh, where I haven't heard some version of this of, uh, you know, look, uh, unions are good, just not not here or in this situation, right? Or unions were needed for a time, just not anymore. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's amazing how unions are always good in theory, but just never in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah and like I feel communism. like the reason I bring up, like, yeah. oh, yeah, the reason yeah. I feel like I bring up, like, you know, Vox and Ezra Klein is because there's another just kind of, like, progressive, liberal, um, you know, darling of the, of a brand, right? And like, yeah. 
REI and Vox are both that, right? A a strong liberal brand, and like you gotta kind of watch out for Starbucks. Exactly right. Um, you know, you're gonna be getting those more like sleight of hand lines from those more liberal branded companies. Well, I mean REI most of all because here in the you know historical land of the Coast Salish people where REI is from. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure the the members of the Coast Salish Nation are very proud of that fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here in Seattle, liberalism, progressivism is when you hike. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. You, you know, it, it, it's it's all very funny, right? Because um, for all the uh, proposed differences between liberals and conservatives. It's weird that when you unionize at your workforce all, or, you know, in your job or whatever, all of a sudden Starbucks becomes Walmart, REI becomes Walmart, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. They all hire the same law firms. They all do the same playbook. Uh, good stuff. Well, as part of his case against unions at REI, Art suggested that other tools exist within the company, like employee inclusion networks to hear voices and to build community that's what unions are for is to hear voices and build community as rei's website explains these networks quote provide an opportunity for connection for people who share a common characteristic of historically underrepresented diversity while aligning to the co-op's values of workplace diversity equity and inclusion we have to end apartheid for one and slow down the nuclear arms race stop terrorism and world hunger We have to provide food and shelter for the homeless and oppose racial discrimination and promote civil rights while also promoting equal rights for women. We have to encourage a return to traditional moral values. Most importantly, we have to promote general social concern and less materialism in young people. (laughs) Patrick. All employees at REI will have access to management. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, uh, uh, I mean, hilarious. Part of management school must just be memorizing these, like, slogans, right? You know? Well, like, they didn't have to memorize them. They're reading from a script here. Like, it was written, yeah. you know, in consultation with their PR firm and uh, union-busting law firm, you know? There's like 12 people on the other side of the glass, like watching them record this. <laughs> I like to think that Artie has uh, like used a thumbtack and just stuck the script to Wilma's forehead so he could read it while, <laughs> while they're working. You know? <laughs> kind of like a Brando used to like tape fucking his lines to like other actors' bodies, right? You know? That's In a good words- trick, actually. <laughs> in other words arts is leaning on the dei infrastructure of the company as a substitute for a union how fuzzy promises of opportunities for connection could possibly substitute for the power of a union contract or a well-organized strike is left undiscussed moreover it's misdirection the issues that workers have complained about are not necessarily contingent upon contention upon or any less necessary for people who aren't from historically underrepresented backgrounds it's not as if white men don't need or deserve proper health insurance well i think that's where Artie says maybe you're wrong <laughs> yeah it's time for white men to to 
step take a step back and assess their privilege make space yeah, yeah. make yeah. space by lowering the wage floor <laughs> <laughs> make space for rei's profits yeah the problem is that di initiatives are not meant to do what unions do nor can they at their core, they are at their core about reducing identity-based discrimination and creating a more culturally sensitive work environment. Unions are about combating structural economic exploitation and providing a bulwark against the tyranny of executives. Unions are premised on the notion that workers have economic interests that are at odds with the owners and high-level managers of a company, while these initiatives assume no such conflict. All right. Well, I think that I, I, about covers it. But yeah, uh, you know, you could point out that that while the opposite is not true, as the writer has pointed out, uh, a union could potentially be a good vehicle to combat identity discrimination, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, probably by actually giving people those concrete gains that they're yeah. just talking about right there. Look, I mean, this is where all this shit was obviously going to go. Is uh, HR is always just deployed as an anti-union force at any company. Mm-hmm. Always be suspicious when they come to you with their uh, bullshit. But incredible. Love it. Love to see it from REI. Uh, oh, this is cursed, man. Good time, have by all. I, I, get, I wish Artie and Wilma Flintstone good luck on their podcast. From our podcast to yours, good luck in the future, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Another competitor out there in the PNW. Hell yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, you know, maybe somebody at MSNBC could actually read this piece and, uh, I don't know, support a union for once in their fucking lives. But, you know, I won't hold my breath. All right. Well, uh, I hear we have some other exciting editorials to get through. Okay. So we're keeping it uh, local. We're keeping it in the uh, Coast Salish uh homelands here (laughs) sphere of influence yeah um and we're we're in the seattle times uh this is from madeline para special to the times and um because there is no other news uh it is at least uh uh tangentially related to the uh terrifying and horrible uh spectacle of death going on in ukraine but has a unique spin on these events. Uh, The headline, uh, this is in the op-ed section, I think, is break, this is a command, break the grip (laughs) of oil states like Russia with clean energy transition. I'm I'm listening. Aren't we? Uh, uh, The U.S. is a net exporter, right? Are we in? uh, Yeah, actually we are. (laughs) A, an oil state then i'm pretty sure we're an oil state that was me um, people we're actually hilariously exactly, yeah. a net exporter of natural gas the very thing the very carbon emission uh that this whole war is over but i'm sure that's not related in any way <laughs> yeah uh how could that be okay now the i should say the the opinion section of the times is is like doing a full court press on this there's another piece in here by paul uh berkland called Help Ukraine and Make This the Last War Funded by Fossil Fuels. And I like about what I like about this one is like, um, you know, you can imagine, all, you know, we could, gosh, yeah, let's do like a, a massive, like uh, supercharged Green New Deal where we build lots of public infrastructure uh, in renewable energies. Uh, the actual suggestion here is 
one powerful way that uh, st- he's talking about uh, how boomers uh, hold 50% of the nation's wealth, and this gives them tremendous leverage. One powerful way is to threaten to withdraw it from the institutions that finance fossil fuels and the wars they engender. That's right. Take your take your savings out of the, the banks that do business uh, with fossil fuel companies. Di- you know, divest. That's that's the big plan here. Okay, we've also got. It'll it'll be very fun when you realize that uh, every bank, like yeah. literally an impossible task, but yeah, yeah. Even if we had postal banking, um, you'd you'd still be fucked there. We've also got a, a horsey drop, um, a yeah, horsey yeah. a horsey plop. Excuse me. Um, you know we're we're always excited <laughs> for new horsey. Yeah, I mean. We are, but this, you know, and man, he, he hits when he's on, he's fucking on fire, but this one there, there's nothing to this. We've got, it's just like Russia as a gas station and he's quoting, he quotes John McCain in it. So like, it sucks. It's not very good. And his, his little article that, uh, I, it's always nice to remind everyone he writes to go along with and explain, explain his political cartoons. The fucking cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a symbol of a great cartoonist <laughs> when you seriously. have to have a whole fucking column explaining your work. I'm a court jester with a master's degree. <laughs> Just a guy high on his own supply. Um, but like, it's, you know, I don't know, incoherent and rambling as ever. Okay, so that brings us to the real meat because this one I love. Now, we're commanded to break the grip of oil states like Russia with cl- with clean energy transition. Uh, Madeline Para, special to the times, is she going to suggest like massive uh, investment in renewables? Is she going to uh, suggest we expropriate the fossil fuel infrastructure of uh, American held oil companies and and their profits historically uh to pay for it we'll we'll see that's a lot to ask but i think we can know at least one thing for sure she's definitely gonna take a hard line on sending weapons and buying oil from saudi arabia so we can end this war in yemen so i i know that for one thing's for sure that will be included in this article about uh you know oil funding war well let's find out for years our planet has been showing us the need to move away from fossil from fossil fuels. Driven by excess greenhouse gas emissions, extreme weather continues to be more frequent and costly in terms of recovery. But today, it's not just the climate pressuring us to get off fossil fuels. Our geopolitical and economic realities are demanding the same thing. Russia's <laughs> invasion of Ukraine was swiftly condemned by world leaders. And President Joe Biden announced a host of sanctions designed to cut Russia out of global economic activity. But Biden initially stopped short of direct sanctions on Russia's primary export, fossil fuels. Russia is incredibly unimportant in the global economy, except for oil and gas. (laughs) Oh, yeah, except for that that one thing yeah one one harvard economist points out yeah i remember when this guy said this and uh yeah um an absolutely yeah. asinine thing to say i mean only the most important commodity on international markets but don't worry <laughs> about it the other yeah. part of this too is uh shit tons of industrial inputs actually come out of russia and for people in this region specifically 
let me tell you, uh, working in a machine shop where you're making parts for Boeing and stuff like that, all made of aluminum, uh, on every one of those aluminum blocks that comes in, there's a little stamp on there that says Russia on it. All our aluminum comes from fucking Russia. There's nowhere else we can other, buy it from. Tons of that, other ex- stuff. Yeah. But they also do high tech. They do software, like all kinds of shit. Yeah. Like it, Two of the biggest copper mines country. in the world are yeah. in Russia. But that aluminum thing alone, I mean, this is just talking about this region alone, which Seattle Times should presumably care about. If Russia stops shipping that aluminum out, it's going to grind our entire aerospace in- industry to a complete halt. We don't keep extra of that around. We don't keep it stacked up or anything. If the shipments stop, Boeing ceases to exist as an economic entity in this region. So, you know, this whole idea about like, oh, it's unimportant. We can just say fuck them and not worry about, you know, the consequences. Just know, like, that's essentially going to be a, you know, economic neutron bomb that you're dropping in the middle of the fucking Puget Sound. But, you know, I, I'm I mean, sure this is at the top of their mind. So, along it. with Let's anything, just... it, you know, along with so many things, I mean, as, you know, what we talked about when we talked about the other day is mostly like the horror that these sanctions are going to bring to the Russian people, you know, like completely destroying their economy. But, and, you know, now we can see, like, it does certainly seem like they're not like the intention here is not to pressure them to stop the war, which no indications have been given. Like, Hey, if you, you get out of Ukraine, we're going to bring you back with loving arms into the, uh, global economy it seems like this is basically this the thing america always does which is just try to destroy a country with fucking um sanctions so that i guess the people like rise up or in this case maybe the you know uh billionaires in russia rise up whatever and their people are fantasizing about us you know putin being assassinated or taken out in some other way like but in this, you know, when you do it to fucking Iraq, Iran, Venezuela, like no one's in America is going to fucking notice. They're literally yeah. decide. I it seems like they've decided uh, our ruling class that it is worth it to for the, you know, for the price of upsetting the entire global economy and really fucking up this country's economy included. It that's worth it to for the you know what they're really salivating over, which is just absolutely destroying once again, the country of Russia, taking it back economically to where it was, uh, you know, in the nineties, just completely destroy it. And and then, you know, just to remove it as a threat, as a great power on the world stage so that fucking, okay, you know, in another 20, 30 years, we'll have to do the same thing again as they build back up, you know, and they're willing to fuck the entire global economy to do it. Really great shit. Um, but hey, if we would take our columnist advice here, you know, we oh, might yeah, yeah. Sorry. we might not have that problem. Yeah, let's so, get back to the plan. Blah blah blah. Congress prompted uh Biden to ban imports of Russian fossil fuel. It's encouraging to see our leaders increasingly willing to say no to the polluting fuels of a petrostate. In all that confusion, no. note that they still ha- actually haven't like stopped taking no one yeah. stopped taking fossil fuel out of Russia. They've stopped. We, they stopped expanding uh, Russian natural gas exports in the form of the Krauts, like closing, you know, uh, shutting down the po- near term possibility of actually turning on Nord Stream 2. But they're still taking it through the other pipelines. Okay. 
Um, but of course, limiting the supply of oil and gas is expected to drive prices up, adding financial strain at a time when people are already struggling with inflation. It's clear we need abundant, affordable energy. But what type? And I'm going <laughs> to skip the I'm gonna skip ahead here a bit. Um, you know, quoting so she quotes some, you know, fossil fuel lobbyists like uh, and says, no, no, no. Instead, it's time to move as quickly as possible to power America with abundant clean energy. Clean energy would make our domestic energy prices stable and affordable. I mean, that's what they said about becoming a net exporter, right? Like, yeah, because you know, right? That that was that was a, uh, the plan yeah, they wanted that, for years. Like, that's let's like expand. Fracking was cool. Yep, fracking, fucking expanding. Uh, you know, oil license, offshore oil licenses, expanding into um, Anwar. Yeah. And yeah, in during the Obama administration, yeah, he was very proud to have uh, made us a net exporter. So now we're not reliant on all that, uh, you know, uh, fuel from uh, other countries. Well, our, it's, you know, gas is up over five bucks, right? So here we are. Yeah, I also, you know, not to not to beat a dead horse here, but uh, all that uh, new green technology and stuff, which is highly reliant on fairly state-of-the-art battery technology and stuff. Uh, those batteries require a lot of particularly metallic inputs that come from one region of the world. Mm. Uh, just going to ask you to venture a guess. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Okay, volatility of fossil fuel prices, and of course, clean energy would not dump tons of heat-trapping gases into the atmosphere, continuing to destabilize our planet's systems. The clean energy transition would bring more geopolitical, economic, and climate stability, keeping us safer and more secure on many fronts. The EU is already taking steps in this direction, spurred by Russia's attack. Well, I mean, previous to that, mm -hmm. they were shutting down their nuclear reactors in favor of importing more Russian gas. So uh, yeah. uh, maybe that maybe, you know, maybe it's time to stop worrying. Well, and I think the thing, too, I, I think it's very funny, this idea that, like, if we switched a different energy regime, uh, that would make uh, the situation, you know, geopolitically and economically more stable. And it's like, yeah, instability uh, never existed till oil came on the scene. It's just yeah. something about <laughs> oil uh, just gets people's, uh, you know, blood flowing and uh, it gets, gets them pounding their chest. Definitely has. I mean, as if oil isn't just a stand in for profits. Right. Yeah. You know, well, it is if you move to a different energy regime, you wouldn't just have a different stand in, you know. Well, it, I mean, on in the case of climate change, she may be onto something now. But I, I think it's interesting. Well, like Meatloaf said, one out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I think it's interesting. <laughs> your fr you use the phrase a new energy regime. OK, well. Maybe that's what she's suggesting. It's time for the U.S. to deploy the most effective, fast-acting policies to do the same. Um, oh, okay, well, let's, let's hear it. Now we get to the plan. Let's hear it. So a new energy regime. So you, I think you've hit it there. You've identified like what would be necessary to change the situation vis-a-vis -vis fossil fuel instability, climate change, uh, again, wars caused by fossil fuels. Again, I... I don't see that, uh, you know, eliminating inter-imperialist wars, but I mean, 
you know, the ones caused by uh, fossil fuel competition uh, we'll would caused by different and new exciting things. yeah you know might be eliminated <laughs> if we got rid of uh, our use of fossil fuels but I, I i do i just that phrase new energy regime it's totalizing uh the picture you're <laughs> painting it's grand it's uh systematic uh let's read on uh, let's how does this phrase compare to new energy regime a well-designed price on carbon. Oh my god! Are we <laughs> oh just doing carbon god. offsets? Is this literally what we're fucking doing? No, ding, ding, come ding, ding, on. Ding, ding. I, I look, shit it, you not. This entire Tesla article, the stratosphere. This fucking all that. This fucking, was dumber than I thought. Right, all that lead up, all this fucking ink spilled. We're about to hear about fucking cap and motherfucking trade a well-designed price on carbon which the u.s senate oh is God. already seriously discussing already you mean for the last 20 fucking years would yep. meet okay a well-designed price on carbon m dash which the u.s senate is already seriously discussing m dash for sure would meet all the needs here <laughs> Every I mean, single one of them. It just, it just goes on saying how fucking stupid this is. But yeah, anyways. I mean, I, hilarious. this is why we're here, folks. Well, California creating a cap and trade system basically is what one like was able to skyrocket Tesla because they realized like, oh, this doesn't actually reduce polluting at all, but it does create a new financial market for you to like fuck around then. Right. And so Tesla was able to like trade off their carbon offsets to or sell them. To like various other companies i mean it's like what we need is another thing we can financialize actually <laughs> it's really all this yeah. it's incredible first imposing a steadily increasing carbon price would speed the transition to cleaner energy options throughout the entire economy from the biggest industries down to individual consumer choices and i think you have you know I, I like that that's just taken as red like we're not gonna mm -hmm. D th that's first the next second begins second so we're not defending this in any way because we don't have to yeah. because we get it the market we're going to put in a government an artificial government incentive in our precious market and that's gonna allow the market to work the way we want it to um well that's beautiful it's like, there's never been non-market incentives regarding oil like I don't know, uh, OPEC or anything like that. So that causes oil to sell at artificially high prices. That's definitely like made it to where people have moved away from oil, right? Moved away from the carbon regime, right? It's like <laughs> people already fuck around with oil prices to push them up. It has had zero impact on convincing people to stop using it. Well, let's uh, see what's up next here. Second, the revenue from the carbon price. Hell yeah. Okay. I like how it's a carbon price. So it's like not only so it's cap and tr it was cap and trade because we don't want to call it a tax. And now it's like cap cap and trade is so fucking old and tired that we can't we have to call it the a carbon price like it's a new thing. This is I mean it's just fraudulent. Uh second, the revenue from the carbon price can be allocated to Americans as a regular dividend or carbon cash back, protecting <laughs> Americans from higher costs and fighting against inflation. So here's it. So we're going to 
tax your energy costs extra down to the consumer, as she says. But don't mm-hmm. worry, we're going to give you some kind of cash back on it. I mean, then what then what are we really doing here? Well, uh, yeah, are they just changing where the subsidy is? Like, yeah, if I essentially at the end of the year what my t- I mean, this is why it's a Democrat plan, because it just involves like a tax write off at the end of the year. But if like if this is just a like a tax thing at the end of the year, uh, don't you just then price that into your purchase of gasoline or whatever well, i again at no point did I ever explain how people are going to get to work i guess <laughs> also, also i mean i guess you know if uh within these you know stupid constraints we were writing this bill it would be yeah you like if you had to tax everybody i guess you tax the, the corporations more it's a progressively scheduled tax mm-hmm. And then you only give the subsidy back to, but again, what would be the point of that? Like, why are we taxing consumers? So, I mean, yeah, you it's, can't, so you every, can't solve this on the consumer side. You have no, to solve yeah, this on ob- the supply obviously. side. And, yeah, and, obviously. And this is trying to cover for the obvious fact that this is going to just fuck people uh, in their, you know, their bills at the gas station and heating and everything. Um, There's nothing you can even say to. I, I'm kind of just at a loss for words because it's just like, it's just throwing a lot of things that are hot right now to talk about and just kind of like yeah. trying to make it into one sentence, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's, I think what this person's getting at. It's like, what, what is, what is the, like, just, um, you know, dinner table, like controversies. That's like just on the front page of the New York times right now. Like what is the New York times talking about? Uh, inflation is like high higher than it's been since like 1980 basically right like oh mm-hmm. it's like rampant it's so high never mind the fact that like you know college tuition has gone up like crazy rents have gone up like crazy every single year you know it's just like certain inputs like i guess your car price going up 40 percent. the used car yeah. prices are like driving you know inflation pretty high yeah. but um yeah. You know, I think that this is just a really weird, like, fantasy to, like you said, Greg, like, pay a tax, but then also, like, get a weird special freedom dividend or whatever from, like, the (laughs) proceeds of a carbon credit that then somehow um, protect Americans from rising costs because it's fighting against inflation. Never mind the fact that we're not in control of where prices rise and that Mm -hmm. within a capitalist economy, prices will fucking rise forever because it's you know perverse profit sinking enterprise right so it doesn't matter it's it's a great incentive i think for um i mean this is the problem with like the idea of universal basic income right as like a form Mm -hmm. of like fighting inflation or fighting you know uh inequality is that your landlord if you get 500 dollars extra a month guess what your rent's gonna be $500 extra Mm -hmm. a month too, right? Like you don't, you're not in control of that at all, right? It's never tackling production and it's never tackling owners of capital. And like, you know, when you try to solve things at the level of consumers, which is what Democrats love to do, which is what neoliberals love to do all the time. Like that's just what you get, right? It's fucking meaningless. Well, I I think we can all agree that the, the best way to combat inflation is by rising the price of basic commodities. Okay. Um, <laughs> getting back to uh, taking something old and busted and chuggy like cap and trade and trying to associate it with something new and hip and now like inflation. Um, third, a 
border carbon adjustment can be used to impose international pressure. A border adjustment? Racist. You mean a tariff? Yeah, yeah. I think we're talking about a tariff here. I, I like the, uh, but I guess like it's not like you can't call it a tariff for some reason. A border adjustment, a border carbon adjustment, can be used to impose international pressure, which would break the grip of oil states like Russia. I mean, if we're if we're talking about you know introducing a new tariff regime, that the, then U.S. Uh, you know, the, a net exporter like the U.S. is going to have the same thing put on it. Again, if we're a net exporter, yeah. like, then we're not actually, then if anything, it's going to be a negative thing on U.S. industry, but whatever. Well, that, like, um, the, the United States is not the sole purchaser of carbon yeah. inputs, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that's that's the other, like, uh, slight problem here. Also, I mean, you know, this is in the weeds, so we don't got to get into it, but it's like, the U.S. the the supremacy of the dollar on international markets is totally based off of the purchase of oil on international yeah. markets. And it's like, yeah. uh, I I gotta say, I think there's gonna be some side effects that the Seattle the Seattle Times editorial writer is not gonna enjoy uh, of the yeah. U.S. basically pushing itself out of the oil market. But you know, I mean, whatever. you know, it'll be like a uh, uh, cold comfort to us as we see the empire yep. fall. Uh, having to live through it but uh the eu is already planning to implement implement a tariff like this oh we said the word uh and republicans mm -hmm. in congress are expressing support for a similar idea sure okay I i'm sure they'll get right on it mm -hmm. at the hot no, no no just wait on it guys yeah, yeah. At, <laughs> at the height of build back better negotiations last fall there was a height yeah, yeah. You know those negotiations that completely fell apart uh, because of the feckless Democrats not being able to get anything fucking Because they didn't off on. ever want that to really <laughs> yeah, be done. Because <laughs> they proposed a plan they didn't want to follow through on. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's hear more. I'm tr the trying height, to... Yeah. Uh, I, I have no memory of the crest. All I can see is the trough, okay? Um, uh, last fall, this was a prominent idea. Set... <laughs> I mean, okay, this is, I don't know a what prominent the, idea <laughs> again, like trying to make this sound cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make this sound like it's hip and cool. And now yeah. cap and trade guys, it, uh, inflation. And by the way, yeah, you know, the, the totally cratered fucking plan of the Biden administration, their economic plans. Yeah. Uh, this was being talked about, uh, when that, when that, when some people thought that might still happen, it was the talk of the incredible. town. You remember that uh, legislation that every single Republican voted against and a significant number of Democrats voted against and said they would never pass. Yeah. Uh, one of the I things th they voted <laughs> against <Yeah. I> <laughs> my idea. I think that's a model for, for moving forward. This is one of the worst sales pitches for one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. I mean, uh, how do you even plot this graph? Like, uh, okay, this was a prominent idea in these failed negotiations. Senate, she, want, she wants you to remember the height of Build Back Better negotiations. Uh, oh, yeah. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer asked the Finance Committee to craft carbon pricing legislation uh did uh, what happened did they tell him to go uh yeah, stick his thumb up his ass um finance committee chair chairman ron wyden said i've had a carbon pricing bill on my desk for the last three years just waiting for the time again like this is not Inspiring. selling it. Yeah. uh 
Republican Senator Mitt Romney, who it's worth noting identified Russia as a threat in 2012. Oh, oh my God. Sarah Palin identified Russia as a threat in 2008. So, I mean, he's in good That's company. By the way, yeah. when Mitt Romney did that and he was on that debate floor doing that, who was the guy standing next to him who laughed at him and said, this isn't the Cold War anymore, Mitt, and caused like a giant, like literally just tanked any chance yep. Mitt Romney had of running? Who was that guy? I can't remember. Oh, well, probably not important. Uh, <laughs> just incredible. In- incredible shit. Um, <laughs> the turret sucks so fucking much, dude. I love that this is the bullshit they're pushing at this point. This is fucking amazing. Uh, Mitt Romney said in January... If you're serious about climate, put a price on carbon. That's me, a guy who lost a a race for president. Yeah, famous winner, Mitt Romney. (laughs) 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 A guy hated by every single member of his own party. But yeah, definitely. The guy who denounced, like, the guy who eventually became president and had to, like, suck his toes afterwards (laughs) publicly. Yeah, basically. I mean, incredible. Just losers all the way down. Oh my god. All right, last last graph here. It's time for our elected officials to jump back into these policy discussions with renewed commitment. I love I love this like this is like um uh you know, this is like this will be the offensive that that takes us over the hill, you know? This is like <laughs> <laughs> it's like those, like those english generals that were yeah. the english like officers that would constantly yeah. charge at the a trench ahead of them and like yeah, and in the last yeah, right. five times we all and died like, but this but time. T- you know we spent the whole this whole uh piece here like talking this up like this is a new strategy and it's just like charge into the machine guns um it's yeah yeah jump into this I know. I know that commitment. we're down uh forty nine to seven and two minutes into the fourth <laughs> quarter, but we gotta believe in ourselves, guys, and we gotta you know yeah. just get that energy up and try our best. I know that we're the Washington Generals and the Globetrotters are just bouncing the ball off our heads. They score, <laughs> but I really don't think we should. We shouldn't stray from a defensive plan here. I think yeah. it's gonna work. We just need to do it harder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the, really the whole thrust of this was there was a brief explanation of like yeah we should cap and trade carbon and then the entire rest of the article which is half of its length is just like no seriously washington <laughs> like takes this seriously this is real shit that's real senators are talking mm-hmm. about i mean it was shot down in flames as it has been many times like it we've been the people have been trying to juice this shit for uh well over a decade now but yeah no seriously uh we can't wait any longer for the transition to clean energy and we have broad agreement on the policy that can get us there no no we don't that's, what, climate, that's why it passed right that's why that bill has been sitting in his desk for three for, years is because just we waiting broad for the time brian just it. waiting for this yeah. op-ed yes, to yes. push it over the line it's gonna uh, reinvigorate washington our energy <laughs> prices and the stability of our world are at stake. Madeline Pyra is an executive director of Citizens Climate Lobby. <laughs> and an idiot. I think we yeah, can Yeah, an absolute but... fucking dunce. This and phoned in. My God. Like 
What I I love just feeling like you have no responsibility to explain why this has failed over and over again. Like you make it pretty clear in the article that this has failed repeatedly, but you don't feel any obligation to be like, well, it's the reason why it's going to be different this time is because. I mean, this shit has just undergrad, uh, like argumentative essay vibes. Like I don't I don't know what else to say. It's like this is the shit that like you know you'd write at 2 a.m. before the deadline just kind of making just you know just like making an argument like that is very tired and played out uh mixing like you know the top uh talk of the towns of like the month basically Mm -hmm. right rebranding stuff that has been like a thing since like the 80s um and just you know publishing it with no critical assessment of maybe why this shit has not really worked uh, has like not really uh, affected the oil market um, whatsoever, except for maybe either juicing it or making a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> you know? that's the, that's the funny yeah. part of the California thing. I mean, they've done some like limited cap and trade stuff in California. It's like, you don't, don't want to go into like how that's like worked or if it's done anything. <laughs> or anything it's made like some that, people or... some money, which I think is and the key. A lot of people yeah, have made yeah. a lot of money out of it. Uh, and you know keep that in your head when i read you from citizens climate lobby website citizens climate lobby is a nonprofit, nonpartisan, grassroots advocacy climate change organization focused on national policies to address the climate movement now let me take you to the tab that says our climate solution and read you the um things i can click on here why put a price on carbon who supports a price on carbon, carbon pricing in Congress, carbon carbon pricing studies. That's the whole thing. Yeah, so this is essentially, this, this is an this investment is, firm, basically. Yeah, this yeah. is this yeah. is a, an astroturf like uh, lobbying uh, organization that's probably actually just two people who are raking, like that woman and somebody else who are raking in a shitload of money, being paid by people who want to keep making more and more money. On fucking cap and trade. It's a great fucking money making venture if you can create those credits, I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. And I mean I mean the literally like the point of it is like if you're not like, you know, tapped into what the scheme is, it's basically like, you know, if you're a polluter, you have to have a certain number of credits to operate in that state or in the country if it's national, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have it, it's not like you'll be shut down if you don't meet that quota you just have to go to the open market and buy the credits so if you need 50 credits and you only generated 15 from clean energy activity right whatever that is right um you can just go to the open market and buy the rest of those credits to hit your 50 mark which probably tesla is selling or like you know other you know people who are generating excess credits tesla generates more than 50 credits so they can sell the rest, yep. like you sell thousands of credits. So that basically allows is basically like a a tax to other corporations <laughs> or like you know a private um toll. It's a it's a toll fee basically to keep on polluting the way that you're polluting. You pay a small toll to someone else who has what you need, and then you can just like keep on going as business as usual. It's a market-based solution that doesn't fucking work, like all market-based solutions. Yeah. Well, and also like, I mean, you know, 
I guess this is outside the world of economic textbooks, but uh, yeah, making something a financial asset that gets traded around and stuff, there'll definitely be no room in there for things like, uh, I don't know, corruption, scamming, like all that kind of shit. Uh, it definitely just won't. Speculation like, bubbles. Yeah, it's not going to create just another like place for yeah speculative crimes. Uh, it'll definitely stop pollution, though. I mean, it, this is it's such fucking fancy that and i like this idea i mean you got some of this too when people brought up the idea about like gas prices going up and biden telling people you just oh you gotta suck it up that like why don't the gas companies take the fucking hit like why don't the oil companies take the hit for a change and people are like oh you you dumbass idiot moron uh the market uh when supply goes down uh price has to go up and it's like in what fucking world is that <laughs> Is that fucking real? It it's just it's just bullshit fucking price gouging. Uh it none of it takes into account little things too, like our entire infrastructure is based around oil consumption. Like you have to rebuild the entire infrastructure of this country. Joe Biden won't even rebuild the bridges in this country that are collapsing. And you think he's gonna rebuild the entire fucking now, infrastructure? Now, Brian, he is gonna rebuild 0.6% of the bridges. Let's give Biden credit. This is why, you know, the the, the bros just don't want to see our old man win. He's yeah. repairing 0.6%. It's just, I mean, these all this shit's just so fucking empty. There's just nothing there. And, I mean, why, why even waste the space on it? Why even waste 30 minutes of a podcast talking about it? And, you know, well, it's... It, because this is all we're going to get. This is all we're going to get forever until let me the throw world a wrench fucking in burns. This. Let me throw a wrench in this. You know, we kind of assumed when we first heard it that this was a, talking about cap and trade. And fair enough, because that's what it sounds like. On their website, I'm reading that they're like, okay, no, no, no. This isn't cap and trade. We're just talking about a uh, a tax on... Um, oh, cool. An additional sales tax. That wor- That works. But, like, is it worth, like, engaging with what they're actually talking about then, Um, like, for a moment, like, like, and how that would be different? Like, okay, okay, obviously the cap and trade sucks, like, doing this, uh, you know, selling this stuff on an open market, blah, blah, blah. But, like, this seems, again, like, this is still a very simplistic and... um, It's, it's, It's a flat tax. It's just a flat tax on... You know, a good, which, by the way, we already and rising, have a continually rising tax is what yeah. they want. And we uh, we continue. We have lots of flat taxes on lots of things. They're supposed to curb consumption of those things. Right. We have flat taxes on alcohol. Right. We have flat taxes on cigarettes and things like that. Flat tax on fucking soda. If you live in this shithole city. And like the thing is, is that none of that actually curbs any of that activity. People haven't stopped drinking soda. I still see plenty of it at the supermarket. I still see plenty of people buying it. Mm-hmm. All it does is just rob fucking poor people. And the thing about those taxes for that kind of stuff is even though you sell it as the idea of like, oh, uh, this is uh, meant to curb people from drinking uh, disgusting sodas, or this is meant to keep people from using gasoline or oil. Once that tax is in existence, that becomes a like non-negotiable part of you know federal funding state funding city funding etc that they have to collect on that tax so 
once it goes into existence, like the soda tax in Seattle is no longer like a negotiable thing on any level. If people stop drinking soda in Seattle, all of a sudden, that actually be a huge fucking problem for the city because they wouldn't be able to collect the tax on it anymore. Like they mm-hmm. start to count on that revenue. Right. And it's, it's why this kind of shit doesn't work. Like it doesn't work for its stated purpose. Of course, the reality is its stated purpose is a fucking lie. It's just a way to tax poor people and shift the burden of the management of the state from wealthy people to poor people just one more degree right to put another Mm. rock on the back on everybody's back right because again there is you have to change you have to fundamentally change the infrastructure of this country to move away from oil and as far as i could tell nobody's even fucking suggesting that like we're not even in the ballpark of suggesting that it's it's a joke it's a fucking joke i mean the the other thing is like if this if a plan like this was to become a serious like impediment to doing business in fossil fuels, it would be upsetting like a major uh, global power center. Like these people run the fucking world. Okay. Yeah. So like <laughs> if it was to do that, e- either it's stupid and it won't matter. And oil companies will be able to continue to make money under this and, and whatever or if we understand it some other way it will work and it will make the business of fossil fuels just worse and worse every year as the carbon tax goes up and they'll be driven out of business and they and other people will have to invest in uh, clean energy um but again like you know if like climate change is already happening okay like that that's you know that's not an incentive for them to stop making that money so why are they going to listen to you you know like yeah why are they going to let that happen or uh if some like wild like you know political upheaval happened and you got this passed, like why are they going to stand for it you know i I get you know that's kind of a an abstract uh, thing but it's a basic thing to remember that these people liberals have no concept of power um, yeah, I mean, luckily, oil companies have never done anything extreme to protect their profits when it comes to, mm-hmm. I don't know, people, states, whatever, who threaten them. Uh, that, luckily, that's not a thing you have to worry about at all. So, I mean, that's the other part of it, too. It's like with industries like the oil industry or whatever, it's like you have to actually physically dismantle it as a state. Like you can't assume that just telling them, oh, sorry, you don't get to reap billions anymore every year. That they're just going to be like, oh, okay, sorry, we we saw that in your legislative session, you guys voted against our profits, so we'll just go ahead and walk away and and leave all that on the table. It's like that's that's just fucking fantasy land. That's just living in fucking fantasy land. And if you don't have a plan to get rid of those fucking companies, like to literally dismantle them, you know, piece by piece, and like fundamentally strike at the heart of their power. I mean, it's just nonsense. And then what are you even doing? Yeah. Like, these plans are not never, never going to save you. These plans are never going to do shit, and they're not designed to do shit. Well, it's the thing, too, of, like, not changing the fundamental basis of agriculture and the cotton economy in the South, not killing every fucking planter in the South. Uh, what, What was the impact of that overall? What happened afterwards, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, these people live in a, they don't have to even look at like, you know, what the U.S. did in Iran or whatever. You can look at what the U.S. does here. It, it's incredible. You know, I just, I, I don't know how people have time for this shit.
This is this an idea like this is on the level of like one program mm. of re one like program of reconstruction yeah. that was not allowed to happen. It's not even like a a fully transformative yeah. program, but just one yeah. like one small effort, like you know? line item well, on reconstruction that like yeah. didn't even make yeah. the final draft. <laughs> and and I think the key, the most important thing to remember is that all of our takes earlier in the episode when we uh misunderstood and uh, uh prejudged what the fuck this moron was talking about are still correct in spirit and you should not uh feel have any uh guilt about having enjoyed them just now all right whatever they're, they're both equally stupid plans that get put up put forward by it's, equally stupid people and it's have the same have, result yeah would have the exact same result which is nothing yeah you know and uh i this is why just the the base level discussion about climate change in this country. If you don't have anything other than a doomer fucking, you know, <laughs> approach to it, listening to these people talk starting charge, place anyway, like, you know, these people are going to kill us all. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like if you, if you think that these people can save us, I, I just don't like, know. Very obviously, you yeah. know, like just think yeah. about look, like reading back in like history when you have hindsight, like as, I guess as a utility and it's like, it's just very clear that, you know, these nonprofits, these like, you know, uh, technocratic solution, these neoliberal solutions, they're obviously there spitting into the fucking wind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like they're, they are there to basically like preserve a status quo, which is destroying our planet. You know, like these yeah. are, this is not revolutionary at all. Right. And you need like Brian suggested swift, revolutionary action that strikes at the heart of the system um you know it's like everything else is just playpen shit yeah and i and i get that people they look at this they say but climate change is happening right now you're not getting your revolution right now so we got to work within this but it's like this is what you're trying to work with them you know yeah like i i just I, I don't see how like what the future of this is, you know, other than all if you other can, than I mean, us living in Mad Max. Like I, I just don't see where this is going other than bad. You know, you're starting from this place of extreme compromise where and admitting defeat by saying like all we can really do, the thing we should put our effort toward is a tax to make like a nudge in the the market that dry you know, that drives the market forward. And it's like well, that's going to upset the profits of a lot of people. So if you have the power to do that, and which you don't, but assuming you did, and you understand the dire uh, emergency that is climate change. I mean, the last uh, IPCC report that came out was Holy shit. You know, another 10 times as terrifying as the last. And, and you understand that, then the question's got to be, like, why not just take away their money and their power why not just yeah expropriate the oil yeah. company you need you why need not? power for both of those you need the same amount of power for both of these things like the idea yeah. of this shit to actually work versus expropriating the entire you know corporation you need the basically the same amount of power to actually get them to like you know pay for pay for that shit so yeah why yeah, not just fucking to wind actually it down take action then yeah yeah take their money to pay for the the green revolution you know yeah. 
uh, or you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, Moody is exactly right. Like if it, if basically they're going to make it a political impossibility to do even minor reforms, it's like then why are you shooting at minor reforms then? Like you know what has to be done at this point. Then it's like these these companies have to be fundamentally dismantled and destroyed, and that's that's just it. You know. Uh, it's just a fantasy where we think ExxonMobil is not going to use its billions of dollars to protect its profits, you know, by buying votes, doing media campaigns, you know, all that kind of stuff that does work, you know. Yeah, and that's a prerogative. Oh, sorry. Like that's like, of course, what they're uh, going to do. I forgot to read you their their list of like uh part corporate partners. We've got uh. Exxon, oh, we've got Texaco, we got so the Royal is, Dutch Shell. Oh, yeah, this... they're all they're all behind it. No, I'm kidding. Oh, but, Jesus like, like they're not behind yeah. this, right? Like if they were, if this was a thing that like the oil companies would like allow you to do, then they'd be selling it, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. The anyway. thing is, is I that all sounds very defeatist, I guess. Like, oh, that we can't, but I mean, that that's where well, we're it's, at. It's you, not this, defeatist, yeah. You know, no, it's just yeah. a, it, it's defeatist to send people into. It's it's not defeatist to look at your British officer war one and say it's fucking stupid to keep charging that trench. Every time we yeah. do it, we get mowed down. It's like that's not being a defeatist. That's having a fucking brain in your head, right? And it's like you're gonna have to get no, that that's, first. That's where like, we're you gotta at. Get that brain in your head first, and then you can move on to like what actually has to be done. It is insanely defeatist to the human race to think that this is a fucking solution. Right. You can and you can sit in that trench and hope your time won't come, or you can try to persuade your your officer that this isn't the right time to charge. Uh, or you can try and sneak off uh, and desert while the rest of your company goes over the hill. Uh, when you, the problem here is that you're not willing to shoot your yep. officers. Yeah. Uh, that's a historical illusion, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Parody, satire. But yes, <laughs> that's what you have to do. All right. Well, that was exciting. Um, another <laughs> another upper of a uh, ending note there. Um well, uh, hey guys, if you want to keep listening to exciting, uplifting content, uh, check out Into the Myth. All right. Yeah. You want more where that came from? Hey, we talked about the art world both this week and coming up. We'll, have, we'll talk about art more. Uh, just Mormon what you wanted to hear. Fucking Rockwell. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes by by art we were talking exclusively lana del rey albums and how they apply <laughs> to greg grandin's book the end of the myth um you know i mean that there's gotta be some some juice there to squeeze oh, we oh squeeze yeah it. Oh, we yeah. squeeze it i mean and she's she's about that yeah <laughs> I, I mean for real that we should we could have a whole special episode on a on a Delray uh, uh, America. Media, <laughs> media do not do that. That'll just take material away from our next series, the Delray Cast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which we can seriously do. That's the thing. <laughs> At least I, I can. <laughs> I, I'm talking big noise. I don't think I can legitimately name a single Lana Del Rey song. That's the. Uh, I'll pick old. up. I'll pick up the. I'll pick up the slack on that. You know, well, you this... can be the reactor. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. You, like... you explain it to me, and I'll yeah, explain I'll react. Lana Del Rey. That rocks. Uh, oh next God. week, maybe, possibly, definitely, we have a big guest. It's going to be fun on the Mechanical Freak podcast. 
uh, a returning champion, something to look forward to. Just mm. putting it out there. Oh, yeah. Maybe we would have had them this week if we knew how computers worked, but we don't. But we're going to learn. No, don't blame it on our lack or of... We know how computers if, work. Let's... If internet infrastructure let's, was developed yeah. in America... Go to the heart of it. It's the internet infrastructure. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, maybe one day we'll hit the the uh, download speeds of Estonia. You know, what can... Look, <laughs> like you said, the part that we all need to acknowledge is that we have access to good internet infrastructure. <laughs> yes, we all have access. And we'll have the potential to, to purchase internet infrastructure. Yeah. But you, yes. can get giga, you can get gigabit internet if you really want to. <laughs> if you just stop buying the avocado On toast. certain blocks. If you live in uh, one of like four neighborhoods that are rapidly gentrifying in a new apartment... <laughs> And, uh, you know, pay top dollar for it. You can get it. But you have to choose to live there. Why are you yeah. choosing not to live there if you don't want that? See, that's the thing. You know, you're thinking small. Thinking you local know, when you got to think global. Think bigger Portland. Yeah. So, you know, isn't that what this whole episode's been about? Anyways, the power of choice. And, yeah. Uh, we just ask that you freaks out there, you embrace the power of choice. But most importantly, embrace it for your friends and family and grab their credit card and have them subscribe on our Patreon to become a freak like you to get on. Use their credit card. Stop gatekeeping our Patreon. Tell a friend. Yeah, use your use their credit card to get yourself uh, a, another a, you know anonymous Discord uh, login. Yeah, <laughs> you, like you 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 can basically like uh, astroturf arguments on Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, in you can hype your own posts. Things. Yeah, use your shell accounts to like your own mm-hmm. posts. You know, react to them, being like, "Damn, this is a good share. You're on fire." <laughs> yeah so make sure that you all do that and uh should we end it here have we dragged this on long enough i think we should call it good night good night good night